amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to today's edition of Reflection on the Word with Richard Kay. I'm Chuck Christie, and today we are asking you to spend a few moments of your time with us each day as Richard shares from God's Word with notes, quotes, and stories, along with some of his own personal experiences, to confirm for you God's great love for us, that His compassion for us never fails, and that He has a great faithfulness toward us in every regard. Now, if you miss a portion of today's broadcast or would like to recommend it to a friend, You can hear this program anytime online at talknetworkradio.com. Well, now here's Richard with today's reflection. In our last segment, we opened the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians, we read from the verses of chapter 1, verses 1 through 19. Before we read further, There are some points of highlight worth mentioning. In verses 1 through 17, Paul has identified three key areas that dominate his letter. The first is he refers to the church as sanctified in Christ Jesus. In verse 2 of his letter, he calls those in the church. He says God's church at Corinth to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and are called as saints with all those in every place who call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both their Lord and ours. And so he's greeting them, but he's also categorizing because he's saying these are sanctified. Now, Paul knew that Corinthians, the area of Corinth, was beset with all types of cult practices. It was a place where they worshipped Aphrodite. 
they worshiped different pagan uh, idols and gods and goddesses. These were people who were given to much of the seeking of wisdom, and they would try very much to elevate themselves by their manner of speech and everything that they did in their particular living was to always be a little better than someone else. And what Paul is saying in the very first part is he's he's telling them that they are sanctified in Christ Jesus. That means this process of being sanctified changed because these were those who actually had practice cult uh, practices with the temple prostitutes in pagan temples. And so there was a tremendous amount of change that was being brought about because they had received the Lord Jesus Christ. And so now they're being sanctified by him. And then the other thing that he does is he thanks God for their gifts. And he talks about the gifts of speech and gifts of knowledge. But he's referring to the same thing as he had referenced in his letter. He wanted to make sure that they didn't use this type of speech or wisdom and knowledge to create divisions among their gatherings. So he had a very strong rebuke over those divisions. These are the three things that he had introduced, and he follows this repeatedly throughout his letter to the church in Corinth. Now, one of the things that we want to be able to look at, and this is worth reading, he described these areas as being desensitized in sexual matters, preoccupied with their gifts of knowing and speaking, and myopically focused on their favored leaders. These were all symptoms of a deep malaise among the Corinthian Christians. They were fascinated with themselves to the exclusion of one another, and more importantly, even exclusion of God and his rule in their lives. Paul is bringing a theological response to the Corinthians' self-absorption. As we can read in verses 1 through 17, this was an offense to the religious people, the Jews of that time in that era, and also to the intellectuals, the Greeks, who were constantly looking for something new. But it was also as much the same then as it is now. The former actually seek miraculous signs and in the heavens and latter demand wisdom. So we see not much has changed. But in Paul's letter, he's describing these things. And he says that God really accommodates neither expression of self-centeredness Rather, God has displayed his wisdom and power in the most unlikely place, the terrible crucifixion of the Messiah. In the message of the cross, God has reached down. He's dirtied his hands, revealing his inner character of love, mercy, and forgiveness. And in the process, he's humbling 
this proud and overturning human opinion about greatness. Ironically, God's greatness is evidenced by the depths by which he is willing to go to rescue humans from sin. We know that John's gospel, his language, was that if Jesus is to be lifted up, and he's certainly referring, as he writes in his third chapter, the 14th verse, and the 12th chapter, the 32nd verse, it's a literal scene on the cross. He is showing that this is a place of public shame, and it is God's curse. It's also the exaltation and glorifying of Jesus, as we read in John 12 and verse 23. Believer, in a spiritual sense, the cross magnificently displays God's love. We will continue reading from the 20th verse of the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. Where is the philosopher? Where is the scholar? Where is the debater of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believed through the foolishness of the message preached. For the Jews ask for signs and the Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's power and God's wisdom, because God's foolishness is wiser than all human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. We're going to stop there on the 25th verse. We just read five verses, but those were very pointed verses, as you could see. He is saying in all of the wisdom that man has been able to achieve, it is foolishness. In God's eyes, he has actually made man's wisdom the foolishness of God. It is amazing when we look at this and we see that it doesn't take great wisdom. It doesn't mean that we are not to study. It doesn't mean that we are not to constantly be learning. But what it emphasizes is our focus should be on the transforming power God has demonstrated by placing his own son on a cruel cross. We have just celebrated Resurrection Day. We have looked at this particular celebration in many ways traditionally. We know that if we look scripturally from the death on the cross and the planned burial in a rich man's tomb, and then Three days later, a stone rolled away so that we could look inside and see that the Messiah has risen just as he says he would. We have seen in many of these cases that this is the power of the gospel. It is not 
just that our sins are washed away. The payment was made on the cross. But in order for us to be able to live, changed and transformed by the power of God, he is alive. And because he is alive, he can transform us. We are not just studying doctrines about the person of Jesus Christ. We are actually brought into his presence through the abiding and the joining together through the Holy Spirit. We become one with him. And we who are of the human race are able to recognize that in our sinful state, we could do nothing. But through Christ, we are able to accomplish great things. A better way of stating it is that we are not accomplishing great things for God, although it may appear that way, but he is accomplishing great things through us that bring glory to him. And so we see once again that much has changed over the last 2,000 plus years, but we are still looking for those who are the philosophers, those who are the scholars, those who can debate about the age and the time that we live in. But God has made the world's wisdom foolishness because it's in God's wisdom. The world didn't know God through wisdom. God was pleased to save those who believed through the foolishness of the message preached. For the Jews then, and even perhaps now, ask for signs, prove that you're the Messiah. And the Greeks seek wisdom. Teach us more about what you want to accomplish. But we preach Christ and him crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's power and God's wisdom because God's foolishness is wiser than all human wisdom and God's weakness is much stronger than even human strength. Richard will be right back in a moment to wrap up. But if you just joined us, you've been listening to Reflections on the Word with Richard Kay. You can hear this message in its entirety again online as well as Richard's entire archive at talknetworkradio.com. We would like to acknowledge our theme song, How Great Is Thy Faithfulness, from the America's 25 Favorite Hymns album. Unless otherwise expressed, scriptures are read from the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which is published by Holman Bible Publishers in Nashville, Tennessee. Additional resources used for Reflections on the Word with Richard Kay include Great Is Thy Faithfulness by Our Daily Bread, and printed by Discovery House Publishers. Again, here is Richard to wrap up today's message. We have to be able to look. The message is clear. It is not through great words of wisdom that evangelism takes place. It is the drawing of the Holy Spirit 
allowing us to see our sinful state and recognizing we need a Savior, when we can see the payment and the ultimate price that he paid for our sin, so undeserving are we, and yet God demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for you and I. The marvel of the gospel is that Jesus paid the price, a debt he did not owe, for what we could not pay, a debt that was due, because the wages of sin is death. And he suffered that death for you and I, so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. We read in Paul's descriptions how he is bringing the body to a recognition that it is not the wisdom of man that changes the lives of men and women, boys and girls. It is the power of God in the simplicity of the gospel itself. Jesus Christ, him crucified, buried, dead, and raised from the dead to live forever in us and through us. And that is today's Reflection on the Word. Thank you, Richard. Join us again tomorrow when we continue with the next edition of Reflections on the Word with Richard K. For Richard and the entire team, this is Chuck Christie saying thanks for listening to this edition of Reflections on the Word. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.